If you want to get ahead, you've got to be simple. You got to think about how to make things simple. Most people are not going to be thinking about simplifying. They're going to be ma- thinking about making it more complex, right? Because they want to show how uh, how smart they are. It, right. It's sort of like this this need that we all have. Okay, I, I, I want to be accepted. I want to show people how smart I am. That's why it's counterintuitive, and it's a superpower for you to go the opposite way and make the complex simple. Helping you create loyal customers and loyal employees all through the power of simplicity. This is the Simple Brand Podcast, now heard around the world, including Mendenhall, Mississippi. I'm your host, Matt Lyles, and this week I'm talking with Carmine Gallo again. That's right, this episode is part two in my two-part series with Carmine. If you haven't listened to part one yet, then go and check out episode 91, where Carmine and I discuss lessons from his book, The Bezos Blueprint, to help your communications resonate. In this episode, we go further with those lessons and we dig into more tools that you can use to simplify your communications. And we talk about some of the habits that leaders can instill to help them continuously improve how they communicate to and motivate their teams. So here it is. Here's part two of my interview with Carmine Gallo. And one thing that I want to make sure that is really driven home is you've talked about the use of shorter, simpler words. So, you know me, like I focus on simplicity all around, especially in language. And originally I had the mindset of, okay, if you want to simplify your language, then use fewer words. Mm -hmm. It's as easy as that. And that may be the case, but it's not always the case. So no, for instance, but that's a big part of it, Matt. That is a big part of it. Yeah, you can always be reducing the number of words that you use. Um, and in fact, just the last sentence I just gave you, I could reduce the number of words. So when we just talk, when we're having conversations, um, we tend to use more words than we need to. But when you're writing something that's only meant for an email or a subject line or even a presentation, Use as fewest words as possible, which means you've got to be your best editor. You have to go in there with a red pen, start marking things out. That's what the best leaders do. Uh, even presidents who are considered good speakers, whether it's Obama or John F. Kennedy, they, there are speeches where you see the red pen. They're taking oh, out yeah. a lot of lines because yeah. the speechwriter wants to show off and add too many rhetorical flourishes. Whereas the leader who knows he has to communicate well, just wants to get to the point. Absolutely right. And there are times where you may have one word mm-hmm. that is a bit longer that could be replaced with two or three words that are shorter and are easier to understand. So I think um, something that I saw recently where someone was showing the difference between gives you better visibility versus helps you see better. Oh, so, sure. So, right. so see Good. better is more words and visibility, but I'm able to quickly understand that more quickly than visibility. Yes, absolutely. I, uh, I wrote a section where I was looking at how Jeff Bezos articulated the Kindle when the Kindle first came out. And the way he expressed the Kindle and what it was the way he talked about it, I put it through, again, Grammarly, and it, it turned out to be like sixth grade language. 
So it was just incredibly simple to understand because he knows it's a new product. People are not used to reading books on an e-reader, a digital device. So how can I make it as simple as possible? And one of the, the first lines from that particular conversation was the Kindle makes it possible for you to think of any book, uh, something like think of any book and have it at your fingertips in within 60 seconds. So simple, like, oh yeah, think of a book, have it in my hand in 60 seconds. That's simple. He really thought through that very much like a marketer or a publicist would. And he did yeah. that very early on in the development of the product. Well, and to me, that, that reminds me also of, um, oh, Steve Jobs and announcing the iPod, you know, how, however many decades ago that was, whenever that was. But when he announced it, it was a thousand songs in your pocket. Simplest slogan and tagline ever written. That's right. I, Steve Jobs was very much in that, in that vein, always looking to take complex information and make it simple. Yeah. Um, and he had a lot of input over the Apple stores, you know, the Apple stores. I wrote a book just on the Apple stores. That's right. Uh, the, that whole Apple experience is based on Steve Jobs making it more engaging and simpler. Everything was simplified for, for the customer. Because most people are not in your field. The, most people do not spend eight hours a day doing what you do. So especially if you're working cross-functionally, you need to understand how to translate what you do to different audiences. Yeah. And I refer to that. Um, well, I, I think I got this from Chip and Dan Heath, but to me, that's like having the curse of knowledge. You know, all there is about everything that you do and everything yeah. that you've worked on, but your audience doesn't. And so, you know, the, these examples that we've just talked about, whether it's announcing the Kindle or Steve Jobs announcing the iPod, there were multiple tools they used in there to simplify the language. All that leads to the fact, you know, that that lesson you give that simple is a superpower. Yeah. Well, it really is because it sets you apart. Look, I'll, I'll give you another example. Simple is the new superpower. If you want to get ahead, you've got to be simple. You got to think about how to make things simple. Most people are not going to be thinking about simplifying. They're going to be thinking about making it more complex right? because they want to show how, uh, how smart they are. It, right. It's sort of like this, this need that we all have. Okay. I, I, I want to be accepted. I want to show people how smart I am. That's why it's counterintuitive and it's a superpower for you to go the opposite way and make the complex simple. I learned that from a number of different people who I've interviewed and, and I've been in touch with over the years. But Indra Nui, who was the former uh, CEO of PepsiCo, yes. said her go-to skill was the ability to take complex information and not only simplify it, simplify the data, but to communicate it simply. And so she ended up getting a reputation within PepsiCo as she was rising through the ranks People would say, God, that's a lot of data, or that seems kind of complicated. Uh, ask, ask Indra to analyze it for us and tell us what it's all about. So she became really known for taking something that's complex and making it simple. And 
she credits that ability for helping her rise through the ranks of PepsiCo. Well, to me, that's a superpower. Yeah, it absolutely is. Because as we move forward in time, things are getting only more and more complex. So the person who is able to simplify that complexity is going to really stand out from the crowd. I'll give you one example, um, a a true story of someone who I've been in touch with for many years now. Um, he recently emailed me to say he's become a vice president of a giant global company uh, of 100,000 people, and he's only one of 20 or 30 vice presidents of this company. But he started as a regional sales guy, so he really climbed the ranks, and he credits some of my books for helping him become a better speaker, a better communicator. But he told me a story of how he won a huge internal budget approval from the CEO of the company. And he did it by, instead of filling an hour time slot that the CEO had given him and his team, he said, let's just keep it simple. Let's give him a 20-minute presentation and then let him fill up the rest of the time with Q&A. And the team said, oh my gosh, but one hour with this CEO is valuable time. You know, they they have to travel to a different state. It's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, the CEO of one of the biggest companies in the world. He, he's not, he doesn't give everybody one hour. So take it, take the hour. Wow. He's he, so this particular guy said, no, I'm, I'm going to be counterintuitive. Just like Carmine says, yeah. let's simplify it because the CEO is going to love the idea of getting all that time back and forgetting the big picture and understanding it within a short amount of time. So they did a 20-minute presentation. And again, every word, you know, was was chosen. So they do a terrific 20-minute presentation. The guy asks a few questions. Almost by the time they got back to the airport, they had got their budget. And apparently it's apparently it's a huge project or product. That'll be coming out next year. And he said, everyone will know about it and you'll certainly hear about it. So he hasn't told me about it yet, but it was a major project within this company. So again, it's like, you can say, I want to make it more complicated than it is. But in my experience, some of the people who really stand out are going the opposite way. Why don't you give it a try and see what happens? Yeah, absolutely. Because one of the things that people value most is their time. And in a world filled with complexity, the more that you can give somebody the gift of getting their time back, the more that they're going to be loyal to you. Well, emails especially. So I've got a chapter in the Bezos Blueprint about emails. And uh, you may have read this. At Amazon, they teach a technique called BLOT, bottom line on top. Right. Did you Do you remember hearing that or seeing that? I do. And isn't that also, uh, isn't there a military version of that as well? Not not called the same thing. It's kind of funny because I think that people have been thinking about how to simplify information for a long time. And we've all been coming to it from different areas, different disciplines. So we'll start with Amazon. Amazon teaches, again, a writing course. They teach their employees to write emails with bottom line on top, which means the first sentence is bolded and it's one, it's like one sentence. It tells the reader why they're on that string, 
what they need to know and what the email is going to contain. So if I were to write new hybrid work policy to take effect next month, that's all I need to know. That tells me everything about that email. Now I can read it now. I can set it aside for later because it's not until next month. It might affect me. Maybe I'd like to see what the new hybrid policy is. But in one sentence, I get it already. Um, and I know why I'm on it because it's going to affect me. Right. So that's called bottom line on top. Uh, in the military, I, I do a lot of speaking for military groups. They have something called bluff. Bottom line up front. That's it's the it's same called. thing. <clears throat> so when you send a memo to superior officer, they want to know what that memo is about. Bluff. What's the bottom line? When you have a mission debrief, what's the bottom line? So bottom line up front is a military term. So I think Amazon just sort of copied and adapted it. But that also is a lesson. A lot of disciplines and a lot of organizations are, are thinking very, very critically about communication. You can adapt these things. Former Amazonians who worked side by side with Jeff Bezos learned and adapted what they learned from Bezos. They adapted it to start their own companies. Those are a lot of the people who I talk to. You can do the same. Your company may not be 1.6 million people. And that's okay. Neither was Jeff Bezos in 1994 when he was looking right. for a coder. You can still learn and adapt those communication models that work for you. Well, what if you've got a leader that says, you know what? I'm just not a great communicator. This is simply how I communicate and my people just need to accept it. This gets back to humility. Okay. It's, hmm. I don't know if I... I don't know if I told you whether it was on the air, or off the air, maybe while we were talking, but right. a lot of, a lot of people who will seek out my training, I work with a lot of CEOs and senior level executives in a wide range of companies around the world to a person, anyone who seeks me out is already very good at what they do. Really, really good speakers. And I stopped asking the question years ago. But years ago, I used to ask them, you're, you're fantastic. You're, you're rocking it. You're a very popular, well-known CEO, an excellent speaker, top 5%. Why do you need me? And they'll say, because we're never done learning. I can always get better. That's what, that's, it's that growth mindset, Matt. It, the minute you think you're a good speaker or that, the way you speak is persuasive enough and you don't have to get better. Well, you certainly don't have that growth mindset. You can always get better, always improve. And my readers and my clients tend to be the people who want to move the world forward. They, they want to inspire, to teach, to lead, to persuade. The only way you get there is through effective communication. But communication is a skill and you can get better at it. Yeah. And there's always going to be room and opportunity for improvement and growth, opportunity for you to get better. Always having that day one mindset. Uh, you, know, you know, one of uh, Amazon's leadership principles is, is growing. Uh, 
not only obsessing over the customer, but always be growing, always be learning. That comes from the top. That's it. Yeah. And I think that day one mindset that goes with growing and having a growth mindset too. But to me, when I've read about day one, I think about the excitement of day one. You know, if you're on your first day in a new role, first day in a job, you're always excited. And so compared to having been in the same role for years and years and maybe letting yourself get into the drudgery or complacency, if you keep telling yourself that it's day one, then it's like instilling that new sense of excitement each day too. And it helps you want to really dig in and helps you want to continue to grow. And you're constantly learning, constantly reading, reading, reading was big. I I wrote a whole chapter on how Jeff Bezos was a voracious reader, still is, and encouraged his senior leaders to do the same. So he started a book club for senior leaders at Amazon. But again, very consistent among top leaders who are always growing. They read far more than average, and they read books outside of their discipline, and they apply what they learn to their discipline. That's something that I don't think enough people realize is the value of reading beyond your discipline or or even, you know, whatever you read, being able to take it and apply it back into what you do. Yeah. And sometimes reading just inspires you. Uh, Jeff Bezos credits a local library in Texas when he was a teenager. He was working on his grandfather's cattle ranch during his teenage years. And a local library came into a a ton of um, older uh, science fiction novels. And so Bezos started just devouring science fiction novels. And those novels inspired his sense of adventure. And then he started a space company, you know, when he had the resources to do it. Credits the books, those books specifically, for triggering his sense of adventure, which is why a lot of leaders will tell me, Carmine, don't just read business books. I, I read a lot of business books. Don't just read business books, read fiction books, yeah. read tales of adventure, because through looking at the world through the lens of, of an adventure or an explorer, it will trigger your sense of adventure as well. So this whole idea of storytelling and reading are two very powerful elements to every successful leader I've met. Being a better communicator comes from a lot of the tools that you've described earlier, but it also comes from reading, reading as much as you can to understand what people have done in in how they've communicated their big idea whether it was a nonfiction book or whether it's what what I like to read. I like to read biographies, usually of celebrities or more specifically musicians. I also like to read graphic novels, superhero graphic novels, Mm. and a lot of things that a lot of ideas that I implemented in my previous corporate role came from graphic novels, but I never shared that at the time of pitching him, always right. waited until much later to say, hey, you know that big idea we just implemented? That came from the story where Batman got his back broken. Uh, well, that's not as crazy as it sounds. And in fact, I make the argument that the best speakers, the best communicators are readers. And they don't just read a little, they read a lot. Because they can pull stories and pull anecdotes and 
place pieces of the puzzle together that are just much more interesting than people who don't have that breadth of knowledge or the diversity of thought that comes from books. And I only bring that up because I think there's science that shows people who tend to listen to podcasts like this tend to read more as well. Um, and so that's, it's a really good skill to have. And just remember that it's going to make you a much more interesting person. Absolutely. And um, oh, I think it's John Maxwell, I think, who said the best leaders are readers. Yeah. So, so reading is another one of those tools that helps you become a communicator. But let's move away from reading and talk about listening for a moment. Because I got my last question for you. If you were to create a five song soundtrack for the Bezos Blueprint, what songs would you pick? Well, I love Nashville and country. So it's probably going to be a bent toward there. There we go. Um, but a few others. Okay. I would start with Luke Combs. He wrote a song called Doing This about doing what you love. Yeah. And I, one of the best lines is, I'd still be doing this if I wasn't doing this. Wow. So it would, be, it would be at a honky tonk, maybe not at a stadium, but he'd still be doing that. I love that. Um, anything Garth Brooks, but uh, I, I'm going to go with Against the Grain. Because that's about being a, a maverick, nothing yeah. ventured, nothing gained. A non-country one, let's go with Eminem. He's, you know, lose yourself. Come on. Seizing opportunities. Oh, yeah. That's a great motivational song of all time. I love that one. It is. I still run faster whenever that comes on the playlist. Uh, David Guetta and Sia, they, they wrote a song together called Titanium. Oh, yeah. With, yeah, remember. Yeah. Uh, Forgot the exact words, but you have to be strong even the world when the world is throwing the worst at you. And Amazon had to overcome hurdles in its early days and face adversity. But Bezos never backed down and he never let the skeptics wear him down. And let me go back to a country song, sort of a country song. Um, Life is a Highway. Ah. Yeah. So I like the Rascal Flats version, but I think it was. Uh, Tom Cochran, who wrote it originally, That's but right. it's a great, it's a metaphor. And I love songs that are metaphors for something else like Garth, Garth Brooks, the river, uh, because like we just talked about, Bezos was a master of metaphor and he communicated some big topics in metaphor. So I, I love listening to music where the whole song is a metaphor for either taking a risk or doing something in life that might scare you. That song also speaks to me about the fact that it doesn't have to happen overnight. You know, it's a yeah. long stretch of road. It doesn't have to be the short trip. And so, and, and you show that in the book when you show how Jeff Bezos's communications improved over time with each new year. Oh, I'm glad you saw that. Yeah. Sometimes I don't, I don't talk about it because it's, uh, it's a little involved, but I guess the short answer uh, or the short observation about that section of the book is that I show you through the words and how he wrote that over 24 plus years, actually over nearly 30 years, Jeff Bezos became a better writer over time. Right. He became a better speaker too. Uh, very unsure of himself early on. I'm talking about like one of the first public talks that he gave when he started Amazon. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, and then if you look at how polished and how effortless he looks years later, it's because he worked at it. And I do the same thing with Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was not the polished, charismatic communicator that people remember him as when you look at if you can find old videos from the 1970s. Oh he, was he was very nervous and very unsure of himself. Um, so people do get better over time because it's a skill. And like any skill, apply yourself, get 1% better, and you'll see significant improvement over time. And for anybody who is feeling like they're not that great of a communicator today and comparing themselves to how Steve Jobs was during his last presentations or how Jeff Bezos was during his last presentations and communications, don't compare yourself to that. Recognize the path that they took and you're on that same path. You know, it's going to take you time to get there, but you will get there. Matt, I never want to hear people say, Again, don't email me or don't tell me that you are not a great speaker or you're not as charismatic as so-and-so. I can guarantee you that neither were they early on in their career or maybe even mid-level in their career. They worked at it because I see it. I see it every day. I work with senior executives who are not considered great speakers. Two years later, or even less than that, maybe in their next presentation, they end up rocking the house because they're looking at themselves differently. So you can develop over time. Richard Branson, Warren Buffett, Steve Jobs, uh, Barbara Corcoran on Shark Tank. I can name a lot of public figures who have acknowledged that they were very fearful about public speaking, that they had a fear of public speaking. And that they had to take very deliberate, actionable steps to build their confidence. There's so many. I have a whole list of them for you. But these are people who have acknowledged publicly that I, I wasn't a good public speaker and I am today. So no, don't say I am not a good at this. You're not good at it because you just haven't focused at it. You'll be fine. And it goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning and having that growth mindset, understanding yeah. that where you are today is not where you were yesterday. And as long as you want to continue improving, where you're going to be tomorrow is not where you are today. As long as you apply yourself and learn and read books and listen to podcasts and take away one thing that'll make you 1% better. Uh, that's how you grow. You, you, you have to be, especially nowadays, I've seen this firsthand. You've got to be a, a learn-it-all, not a know-it-all. You have to be constantly learning um, and being humble about it as well. Everyone has something to teach you. Go on a YouTube or TikTok and watch a 19-year-old who's rocking it on TikTok. What are they doing? How are they crafting a message? Yeah. There's a lot you can learn from that. There is. Well, and we've learned a lot from you today. So many lessons and so many great tips on how to improve our communications, improve our influence and leadership, and even just generally improve ourselves. But Carmine, where can people go to learn more from you? CarmineGallo.com is my central website. So if you can just remember a 
good Italian name like Carmine Gallo, you can get to my website. And there you can learn more about the Bezos Blueprint. And if you order the Bezos Blueprint, uh, you get free workbooks and, and free videos as well. So that's for anyone who, uh, who orders. So you could join my newsletter as well through CarmineGallo.com. But I'm on all the socials, especially LinkedIn. Uh, so please look for me and contact me on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Carmine Gallo in California. There's a handful of others around the country, but I think I'm the only one in California. So it's pretty easy to find me on LinkedIn. Look me up, connect with me, and I'll send you a message. There you go. Easy to find you. And I will make an additional plug for the bonuses that come with the Bezos Blueprint. That's one thing that I really do appreciate from you is the depth and the quality of the bonuses that come with your book. The workbook alone that yeah. comes with the Bezos Blueprint is really in-depth and has really great exercises to help you know I'm that you're you grasping that. I, I'm Yeah, it's like 30 pages. I, I remember yeah. working with my team going, that's half, that's a lot of the book. <laughs> like, what do we, you know, but it, it really, and it took a lot of work. So I kept saying, I've got to finish the book. And here we are <laughs> we're working on this workbook. But no, it's like 30 pages and it, it has a lot of exercises and in-depth material to help you take that content and then apply it to your own work. Yeah. So thanks for noticing that. Well, Carmine, I am so thrilled that you're here today. Thank you so much for your time. You bet. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. I hope you enjoyed part two of my discussion with Carmine Gallo. So go and learn more from him at CarmineGallo.com. And go ahead and pick up your copy of The Bezos Blueprint. It's going to help you transform your leadership through how you write, how you speak, and how you motivate your people. And if you're enjoying the Simple Brand Podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. It's going to make it so much simpler for you to get future episodes like the next one featuring Melanie Diesel. Melanie's a keynote speaker, award-winning branded content creator, and best-selling author. Now, Melanie was on the Simple Brand Podcast all the way back in episode 13, where we discussed her book, The Content Fuel Framework. This time, she's coming back to discuss her new book, Prove It, Exactly How Modern Marketers Earn Trust. Melanie and I discuss her lessons from Prove It, including her framework to help you not only craft the right promise to your customers, but also to create and deliver the right content that proves your promise without you simply saying, hey, trust me. So go ahead and subscribe. You'll automatically get Melanie's episode as soon as it's live. Until then, keep it simple. <laughs>